I think the biggest question I would say, and I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, about having a variable. Cause I was going to say, I, I speak to people all the time and I say, listen, I'm, I'm in a variable. I'm at, you know, my payments increase, you know, my, I'm on a adjustable rate mortgage where my payments increase whenever uh, prime does. And, and, uh, and I still stay the course. I don't even think twice about locking in. And the reason why I say that is do you, you know, any of the listeners or anyone that I speak to, do you think that Canada and the U S is going to hit a recession in the next year? If the answer is yes, then don't convert and lock in because you're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. We're all back. We're all back. Three Musketeers. Back in the building. Back in the building. Except for David, who's outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're back. It's the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. My name is Paul Stevenson. I am a mortgage agent. I'm here with Greg Campbell. Hey. Greg Campbell is a managing director at the agency, Ottawa. At the also, agency. Also a realtor. Also a realtor. <laughs> that's right. Forget about managing. First and foremost, realtor. Realtor and managing director. And David Warren, mortgage agent and owner, referral mortgages. Uh, we're here. It's Colonel By Day. Shout outs to Colonel By, Greg's uh mater. Go Cougars. Go Cougars. In the building. Yeah. <laughs> Most horrible sign in the front of the building, but uh yeah. But so decrepit. So decrepit. Yeah. How was the weekend? How was uh how's the week looking? What's cracking? Uh what's we cracking? Back back in town. Back in town. So that's good. Back in town, right into an open house yesterday. Had some visitors and um you know, the market's just uh, trucking along. You had visitors. Hmm. Yeah, I had three visitors. And so uh, my colleague, Luca, Luca Merrick, another agency agent, he, uh, he had 10 groups through his open house okay. in Canada. Or in, yeah, in Canada, right off Terry Fox on Gallery. Great listing. 10 groups. He was very surprised. I was surprised. Must be on open August. houses this weekend when historically long weekends do not uh, bode well for open houses. But uh, mm -hmm. apparently now, it's nice. And all of mine were first-time buyers, just starting. Interesting. Sound like they need pre-approvals, those ones. Well, tell them, tell them they to call all, They were all working with agents. Mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> But it was, it was good because I told them, I said, you guys are starting at the right time. You know, I was like, good for you. Get on it. They're like, that's what we keep hearing. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we didn't know. We just really started the process. <laughs> so that was good to hear. <clears throat> I yeah, find that some people are still sitting on the fence though, when there's lots of opportunities right now. There's a lot. And, uh, and even to that point, a, um, a client of mine, triplex in, in Hintonburg, uh, just tied it up. Um, it was a price drop of 150,000 and he tied it up at list. They obviously had offer date, nothing came. He was able to tie it up with condition of financing, with the condition of inspection going into it. He was like, you know, thinking he would have to go unconditional that it might be busy because you know being a good location for a triplex um and uh and he kind of had multiple offers ready to go depending on whether there was mm -hmm. other traction or not and was able to tie it up at list with uh with conditions which was very nice because i now have a few days <laughs> to work on it as to get it done to, yeah, I, yeah let me ask you guys this this question so i've had a few right now where um you know agents are requesting to extend finance by a few days uh, you know, saying the, you know, the lender, the lender. And I'm like, I'm like, it makes sense to me. 
Are you guys seeing that as a more common thing with everything going on and all the changes that the lenders are asking to extend conditions just to be safe or to approve properly? I don't know. So, I mean, I think it would depend if those, if those people are getting, get looking to get appraisals done. I think that's the biggest worry. Yeah. Most times right now, you know, if you're somebody's pre-approved or you, you know, you got the file on your desk, you know, in, in most cases, you know, whether they're going to get approved or not. Um, you know, sometimes it's an exception base or, you know, it's, Sometimes it's a shot in hell, but, but most times, you know, 98% of the time, you know, you know, where the file is going to go and, and how it's going to turn out. Um, right now, the biggest is, is in the appraisals and, and them coming in light or being concerned about that. And so I think that's where sometimes it's taking those extra days if they're having, if they're looking to order that appraisal, um, you know, banks still over the last couple of years, even though things have slowed down, they are still really slow at, at reviewing documents and things like that. And I think, you know, as mortgage agents, it's nice to be able to have time right now that we can analyze a deal and like take our time, get an approval, like, uh, you know, conditions signed off on before somebody having to waive financing as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, the other side where everyone's always going in uh, unconditional and, and then we're like up against it, um, looking at worst case scenarios. Um, yeah, I, I think that's where the biggest is or that they haven't sold their house yet. And they're just trying to extend. I think right now there's, I think the biggest right now that I see is an appraisals coming in light, um, because price is shifting. And then the other side of it that, uh, um, uh, on appraisals and then the other side was, uh, what the hell was I going to say? I forget. I forget <laughs> right now. My dog, offers, started right? My, my dog started annoying me. My dog started annoying me. Yeah. <laughs> it'll come back to me it'll come back to me there's a second thing but i forget what it is now yeah that's that's all right we're all a little uh loose in the mind i think uh today you know, it's, it's been a it's been a holiday monday what do you it's a holiday monday let me uh why, why don't we just do this why don't i just get into some numbers here let's sure do let's do let it. me uh let me shock you let me shock you ottawa <laughs> let me shock you so we I'm going to go over and do a couple things here. Now, don't get, don't get mad at me because it's August and I'm going to do a June review right now because we don't have the full numbers for July. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing a, a monthly thing where we're going to do you know the month compared to the month last year because it's, it's very interesting to see. Um, and these are actual real numbers. So if you look at June 2021 versus June 2022, um, you know, the, the numbers, it, you know, so we had just over 1,600 freeholds sold in June 2021, 483 condos sold versus 1,138 freeholds sold and 370 condos sold in June 2022. So the numbers are way down year over year in terms of what actually sold in June. That has to do obviously with, you know, what we believe is, you know, what we have to believe is, you know, the rate increase uh, and whatnot. Uh, more coming on market and just buyers generally being concerned uh, about where they're spending their money. Now, this is the most interesting thing to me. So the average sale price of a freehold in June of last year was 726000 and this year was 772000 So that's only 50000 off. But the condos are almost the exact same price as they were last year at the same time. There's like a $3,000 difference. And there's way more inventory. We've got about 600 more freeholds available for sale in June. Uh, and inventory of condos was, you know, almost the same. 
514 in 2021 versus 587 in 2022. So now I see this in June and I'm very anxious to see July because I think that the prices are going to be getting closer to what they were last year at the same time. Mm. You know, I mean, the condos are already there. Um, very interesting to see, because as we all know, a few months ago, those numbers would be very different. Um, I'm going to talk about Riverside South. This would be the week of, I'm going to do two weeks ago versus last week. So the eight, the week of the 18th, July 18th to July 24th, um, there was 12 detached homes on the market with an average of, this is active, 12 homes on the market, 38 days on market at 1.434 million average list price. There was one that sold, uh, was listed at 1.16 uh, but it sold uh, well under, I think it sold around uh, just, uh, just under a million. So the sales price, the list price uh, percentage was 96%. Uh, in 2021, also one sold in the same week. It was on the market for one day and the price was 1.135. Now that's also very close. And that one was at 113%. So that was one day on the market, multiple offers, um, but close to the same sales price. Townhomes. Mm -hmm. There were 24 active, 37 days on market, average, 721K is the average sales price. Conditionally sold, there were two. Uh, they had been on the market for 30 days. Uh, the average list price was 707,000. Sold seven homes, 20 days on market average, 628K was the average. Sales price to list price, 103 versus the same number in 2021, seven sold, 13 days on market at 618K. So that's only a $10,000 difference. Sales price to list price, almost the same, 101%. Condos, uh, four active, 501K, 26 days on market, one sold, 20 days on market, 475,000. Sales price, to, oh, that was the average, sorry. Sales price to list price, 118,000. Uh, now, there's something that I want everybody to be aware of here. The sales price to list price value on these is skewed because all of the, the ones that made this number were unreserved listings. Mm. So they were listed at about 100,000 or 150,000 less than what they sold for. So if those were taken out of the, the, uh, the list here, we would definitely be closer to a 96% uh, sales price to list price value. So I updated this with this week. Uh, or just the last week, and uh, we are... Sorry, Stephen, can you keep that chart up while he's going through these numbers, just so we can do a direct... Uh, do a, yeah, do a, yeah, that's a good idea. So for detached homes, we have 19 active now, with an average of 37 days on market, basically the same, but the average list price is now 1.341, so that's down almost 100,000. Mm. Sold, uh, there's one home at 1.039, and that's... nine. Uh, sorry, 1.039, and it's sold for 970. 93% sales price to list price. Townhomes, we have 25 active, 35 days on market, close to the same, 737K average. So the price on that is up week over week. Sold six days on market, uh, 29. 606K is the average sales price for a town right now in Riverside South. 2021, same time, six sold, 612K. So you see those numbers. So they were selling this week, the same time last year, they average was a $6,000 more for townhomes in Riverside South. Very interesting. Um, 
and there was no condos, no condo action there. So I have some info for Orleans. Now I want everyone to bear in mind that this is a comparison of all the town townhomes in Orleans built from 1970 to 2022. So depending on the area, this could be a little bit different. There are 74 active townhomes in Orleans right now at an average list price of 634,000. 35 days on market, average. Conditionally, conditionally sold, we have eight. Average price, 594,000. Days on market, 21. Sold, we had 10, 10 sold. 576,000 was the average sales price. Days on market, 29. Sales price, list price was 98%. In 2021, the average sales price was 558,000 at the same time. Average days on market was 16. So, and there's currently, there was currently 19 price reductions in Orleans in the last couple of weeks for the towns. Now, clearly, I think we're uh, clearly getting close to the um, same pricing as last summer in most markets in Ottawa. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I, I definitely think it's interesting that it's uh, that it's coming down, uh, that it's come down that much right now. Um, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see with the fixed rates coming down right now. So insured rates are down almost a half percent over the, like in the last three weeks. Uh, conventional, I know you guys talked about last week, but conventional fixed rates are the bond rates stay as low, like stay down and keep coming down like they are. Uh, that'll bring down the conventional rates. Um, so we're interested to see how that shifts the market coming out, you know, coming out of vacation time and into mm -hmm. end of August into September of, of if they, if that, you know, if both of those, you know, kind of that typical push of the, of the market anyways, um, you know, come back from vacation and then combined with the uh, rates coming down, you know, how that will even things out or whether it'll stay, you know, same pricing as 2021 or, or even up, tick at the end of the year i i do think that there will be an uptick by the end of the year i agree i, I think there'll be i think prices will be higher um than what they were in 2021 i think 2022 will, will end that way right now it's just a little bit of a that vacation lull um and uh and then things will pick pick back up that's my what i think but and, we'll and what do you guys think about the there's supposed to be a rate increase they're talking about an impending rate increase in october right first week of october September. September. Yeah. So, and so what you're, when, when you're talking about Dave, about things like fixed rates going down, like this rate increase in September, if it happens, so what does that mean for that whole process? So that only affects variable rate mortgages. Only variable so, rate mortgages. Okay. So variable rate mortgages are, are only tied to the Bank of Canada overnight lending rate. And that's what they, um, what they're adjusting and what they just adjusted uh, an increase by a percent. And because of inflation, where it's still at by September, they'll likely increase, you know, another half point, um, and that'll affect bank prime. So that'll affect your variable rate. Fixed rates are tied to a, a publicly traded bond, so the, the five-year Canadian Mortgage Bond or CMB. Um, right now, that has dropped significantly, and and that is what what fixed rates are based on, and that and that spread over and above that bond rate. So that's driving. That's what's driven the insured fixed rates down. Conventional right now, I they're only artificially keeping them high right now to increase profitability margins. Uh, I think they'll if they'll stay 
the bond stay where they'll be at for over the next week. We'll see conventional like 30 year amortization, refinance rates, things like that. The fixed rates coming down um, into the to the mid or, or higher higher fours from the mid fives right now. Like we'll see it uh, dropping and, and that'll, you know, kind of that, that effect we'll have on the market. Um, you know, predominantly people go to fixed anyways in Canada um, over variable. It was only variable was winning out uh, over the past couple of years because of the huge discount on prime and where prime was sitting. Right. Um, so I, I, but I think most people track the, the fixed rate and looking at where that is. So them seeing it again, psycho- psychologically seeing it down from where it was, will we'll push it and kind of seeing a four instead of a five in front of that beginning at the beginning Mm. of that rate is going to make a huge psychological shift. Right. Um, Combine that and then combine that with the pricing being down, like you're saying, you know, you're just going to get, I think it'll have people flooding back to the market and that's just going to drive, drive the market back up. So all those, those 10 home, those 10 groups of home buyers that you had through, I think to your point are making a good, are looking at a good time. Um, For now, for now. Yeah. They wait three weeks. They might be, uh, might be plugging themselves to the greasing up the doors to get people through, you know, but that's, and that's the thing, right. With the amount of people, the turnout that we saw at the open houses, like clearly, I think these numbers of, of how many listings we're seeing, even with the price drops, I think they're going to start selling soon a lot more than have been in July. Now that people have kind of wrapped their heads around it a bit better. I feel um, like it'd be hard to not take notice. Like if you're a home buyer and you've been sitting on the, sitting in the wings and you see the home that you've dreamed of drop from, you know, 850 down to 799, 775. It's like, shoot, maybe we should get in here. Like we can get, like, I think there's a lot more conversations happening about people actually getting out and uh, yeah, shopping essentially. Cause let me ask you something. I think people have been discouraged. So I think that that, like you said, lower, lower prices coming down, maybe a bit more affordable. Uh, it, It was funny when we talked about that article last week, we we're, we we're showing the average uh, mortgage amount and then the income needed for that mortgage amount. And it's all to Dave's point, like it's, it's a lot of it is psychology, right? It's like prices are down, but the actual income you need to get that home at a lower price is actually much higher. So, you know, your payment's going to be about the same. The home price is lower. So people are like, oh, there's a discount happening right now. And then, you know, they get in there and buy it and then they're going to have a higher or essentially uh, a similar payment that they would have had six months ago. For the next five years but they're getting it at a lower price so it feels like they're winning you know yeah and do you guys think that if you're in a, if you're in a variable mortgage you can just automatically is it automatic i can't remember can you just go into the bank and say like i now want to go with a fixed rate mortgage yeah you can convert a variable rate mortgage to a fixed rate at any time like any time yeah so they'll so, match up they'll match up what you have so if you have three years remaining on your variable rate mortgage they'll you can convert to a three-year fixed let's say um so you would convert you know based matching up your terms and nothing would change on your maturity date but they do match up the rate with the remaining term um but you know and, and that's where i think as prime is going up and i've spoken to people about invariable that are unsure and, and watching it um that are you know with fixed rates coming down a little bit that you'll see more people locking in um, mm-hmm. than you can have to thus, thus far. But yeah, it is a timing thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, we're getting to the 6%, I think there, right? By the end of the year, do you think that's going to happen? Or do you think that with the drop in the, what it's, you're talking about here on fixed, it might not go it's there? Awesome. 
I mean, it's possible. I mean, really, it just depends on how, what are inflation numbers for August, for July and, and August end up being. Uh, if there's, if it's coming down at all, um, then they might not make as aggressive a, a hike. But if our inflation numbers are still high sevens, you know, I think they're going to have to increase another half point, three quarters of a point. And then we're, you know, we're at four seven right now. So get a half point. We're now uh, we're at five two, so so six percent isn't out of the yeah out of right. The um, you know, really, we just need two increases, and we're basically in that territory. A lot, a lot of the conversations I'm facing now are people kind of you know we've been let's say a month and a half ago telling them you know hold the course, you know it's okay, right? It's not the right time to lock in, and then now you know rates went up one percent, so now it's at you know their rate might be in the mid to high threes. It's like well. Are you sure I shouldn't lock in? Like, it's kind of that, uh, you know, it's, it's that same conversation happening again. And obviously, you know, as we always say, we don't have any crystal balls except for Greg. Um, and, uh, you know, it's still like in this moment, it's still not a good time to fix. Like maybe if a month and a half ago, we did have that crystal ball and said, okay, well, fixed rates are going to actually come down slightly. Variable rates are going to go up another, you know, one and a half, two percent. Mm-hmm then maybe, you know, in hindsight, yeah, in April, maybe you should have locked in at that time. But I still think even if you locked in over the five year, like over the, the total course of your term, the 60 months, you're still going to come out ahead by sticking with variable. So the conversations are challenging because it's a matter of like showing them the, the total body of work and not just the snapshot of the two months where variable rates or whatever, six months of variable rates are, are increasing. They, mm-hmm. I do believe they will come down again in the next you know, three years. So if you're new into a variable rate and you're panicking because your rate's gone up 2% or two and a half percent since you got it, I still think after the 60 months, you're going to look back and say, well, thank gosh I didn't lock in to that fixed rate because I would have paid an extra 10,000 in interest or whatever it is. So I, I still, we're still facing a lot of those conversations. I'm sure you are too, David. Yeah. Um, but as anytime there's headlines about rates increasing, <clears throat> those are the conversations. Well, should I lock in? Shouldn't I have locked in? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what's happening with with variable rates and so on. I mean, myself personally, like I've had to, again, I'm with TD, so I don't have uh, an adjustable rate. Like my, my mortgage, the payment's staying the same, but I've had to voluntarily increase it now two or three times just to, just to keep my amortization where I want it to be. Yeah. Right. Because uh, so, I mean, it is, it is for a lot, I mean, for myself too, like, you know, you're increasing your payment by hundreds of dollars every time. It's not uh, it's not a small amount. Like it does have an impact on you. Right. So I think there's a lot of people that are having, that are kind of going through that, uh, I don't want to say growing pain, but uh, that sort of adjustment right now with their payments. And, uh, and yeah, it's still, you know, there's a lot of challenging conversations, but again, it's just a matter of explaining that it is, you have to look at the full 60 months. And if they'd locked in at, you know, four and a half percent two months ago, they're not going to want that for the next four and a half years. Like rates, I think are going to come down again in the next, you know, 18 months or 12 months. So Mm -hmm. I think the biggest question I would say, and I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, about having a variable. Cause I was going to say, I, I speak to people all the time and I say, listen, I'm, I'm in a variable. I'm at, you know, my payments increase, you know, my, I'm on a adjustable rate mortgage where my payments increase whenever uh, prime does. And, and, uh, and I still stay the course. I don't even think twice about locking in. And the reason why I say that is do you, you know, any of the listeners or anyone that I speak to, do you think that Canada and the U S is going to hit a recession in the next year? If the answer is yes, then don't convert and lock in because prime is going to plummet <laughs> um, as they need to stimulate the economy. Um, you know, we're seeing the equities market tank, you know, in Ottawa, we see, 
you know, Shopify, uh, you know, making mm-hmm. an announcement they're uh, 10% of their staff globally uh, that they're having to, to let go. So I think, I think we're going to see uh, Canada and the U S hit a, hit a recession and that's going to, and that'll affect the uh, affect uh, prime. So it'll just repeat what's been happening. And, and that's kind, what always kind of. And that's all you can speak to. Paul, Paul saying we don't have a crystal ball. We don't, you know, it's all we can look at is historic numbers and what the trends have been for over the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years of variable versus fixed where they've gone regardless of, yes, they've come, you know, overall rates have come down from 20 years ago, but the banking industry is different. And the way that we uh, leverage or that we don't, or the banks or how the banks lend money is significantly different from 20 years ago. So our, we're not going to get into that 20% range uh, again, but they, you know, you have to look at that historic nature of the cyclical market that is real estate, just like cyclical market of the, uh, um, uh, you know, of the equities market. If you look at the historic of the, of the stock market, you know, yes, it's we've gone into bear and, and bull territory and, and recessions not. And, and, but you look at the, the historic trend that it's going to continue going up. So, why do you continue putting money into your RSPs or into mutual funds or into EFTs or stocks is because you believe that over the long term things are going to go up. And it's the same with real estate. You have to kind of look at it that way. Lots of opportunities right now for people. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know where those opportunities start, Greg? With a conversation. With, uh, with, with you and I. <laughs> with with a conversation. I, yeah, getting, getting, it's that's how every opportunity starts. Conversation. Talk about it. This conversation, you know, leads to Another conversation, get mm-hmm. your numbers in order, get your decks in a row. And then the last most enjoyable conversation, finding a home, <laughs> finding a home. You got it. You got it. You got to find a home. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. There's just, there's things, there's things to do here. There's things so, to do. People, people can do that. I have a quick question before we go, Greg, for you. <laughs> I've seen, great. <laughs> I've seen the uh, rental the rental market, so for actual like renting of apartments, condos, townhomes, etc., the rent seems for apartments to be almost on par with like a three-bedroom townhome. Is that because of students? Like, is that because students are coming back? There's kind of a premium there, or is that a scarcity issue? Well, I mean, you know, I rented, uh, I did two rental condos downtown this year, and I mean, we did, I did a two-bedroom. What did we get for that? Two bedroom. Yeah. Two bedroom, two bath with parking. $2,700 for condo, for a condo rental. And I just did another one, which was a one bedroom den. These are all downtown, by the way, one bedroom den, $2,100 with parking. So that's, yeah, that's very similar to like some townhomes. Like, I mean, that's, it's a lot. Yeah. And you can get like a three bedroom, Canada townhome for, you know, just depends on what you're looking for, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know? So, uh, but yeah, you're right. And um, rental, where did I, I had some rental numbers before. I mean, rent rentals are going to be more challenging this year for uh, in a lot of cities like Ottawa, where we've got um, students coming back for in-class learning mm-hmm. uh, to the universities. That's going to drive it. But you also have a lot of new builds that are being canceled or, or suspended because mm-hmm. of, because inventory is not moving. Um, you know, there's a, an article talking about Toronto and on uh, BNN that out of 30,000 units that are supposed to be started, and obviously a big portion of those are going to be rentals, 10,000 of them were put on hold because of construction costs, things not moving. Uh, so you got a third of what was planned to be built in Toronto is not going to be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the same, I don't know what the stats in Ottawa are, but the same would be said. I mean, I'm, I'm in the West center town Preston area and there's 16 condos to, slated for development. They're not all being built. There's a lot, there's a, there's a few huge developments that were put on hold um, specifically for that reason for rising costs. Right. And, all that. It, and me and Paul talked about it a bit last week. And it's right at the time when all they're talking about is that there's not enough housing. Mm. <laughs> and then they, this is just crazy. It's completely backwards of what's supposed to be happening. Did you guys see what happened in, after the uh, with the banks now in China after the Evergrande thing? Well, with Did them putting tanks in all? front of the banks, is that what you mean? Sorry, where, where they were putting tanks in front of the banks so they couldn't take money out. Well, yeah, the or you mean that, or you mean with Russia? No, no, no. The uh, no, no, no. With China, where so the people like just for anyone that doesn't know about this, like you know with the Evergrande thing we talked about last year or beginning of this year, I guess it was, where um, they went bankrupt, basically. And so all these people that were waiting for their condos to be built no longer had condos being built. Mm. And the banks still went through and started charging them for the mortgages. So then everyone stopped paying their mortgage. And then the banks froze all these people's accounts and held all their money. Cause they weren't paying them. So like, I don't know the full details, but I just thought that was, that's a pretty crazy, crazy thing. <clears throat> you know? So who's, who's, who's at fault for that? Where, where's the people's money? Yeah, there was what I was talking about. There was um, uh, basically, I guess there was something that happened where uh, basically people couldn't withdraw their savings and mm-hmm. not to get into too many uh, international politic conversations yeah, yeah. here, but uh, they couldn't withdraw their savings. So uh, they basically put military tanks in front of the Bank of China uh, in anticipation of a possible uh, uproar after the, uh, mm-hmm. it says, after the subunit of the state's central bank announced that deposits are now considered investment products and cannot be withdrawn further. So basically just locking their money wow. in the bank. Wow. Yeah. So it could be worse, you know. We crazy, could, uh, crazy, crazy times, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope that doesn't happen in Canada. Yeah, <clears throat> that could never happen here, Greg. Oh, yeah, never. <laughs> Those sorts of things could never happen in Canada. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's get into the mood boost, there, bud. Yeah, into the mood boost. Stop, stop with the Debbie Downers over here. Yeah. Total rep. <laughs> Uh, okay. I got, uh, I'll start with three. Here we go. Number one, uh, I lost my mood ring. I don't know how I feel about that. Map. Yes. Speaking of crystal balls and stones yep. and gems. <laughs> um, when is a football player like a judge? When he sits on the bench. Mm. Riding pine. Mm-hmm. Number yeah. three, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes apparent. Oh, oh wow. And uh, last but not least, what's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, but its flag is a big plus. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Those are something. I guess you know this the Switzerland joke. I guess people just have to know what the flag looks like. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I guess he really likes their flag. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's uh, six. Speaking of uh, well, Europe at least. My daughter left yesterday for a little European tour. 
just going uh graduated this year i think you know people that are close to me would know that uh so she's doing a month-long tour of uh the uk basically ireland wales england scotland so she's pretty, that's, pretty that's amazing <clears throat> she, got a, she basically showed me a, she had a huge uh literally a powerpoint of uh all the places they're going the dates the uh <laughs> timing very organized young lady um but yeah very excited for her. first the first time she's she's traveled to europe before actually but she's never done it on her own so it'll be uh that's event. crazy man with one I, of her friends, yeah. I, I love that she is a powerpoint together when i finished university and backpacked <laughs> for like through asia and, and before that through, through europe i literally had an in and out flight booked and other than that had no idea where i was going and i'd be going to like an internet cafe to try and find somewhere to stay for the next place uh <laughs> and that would be it she's got powerpoints put together everything organized me it's like oh, yeah. oh, i don't know we'll get there eventually or we won't whatever <laughs> yeah new well, generation least, and then well at least uh at least her dad will know where she is at all times yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly uh, so quick shout out to North Brew Coffee as well. Uh, and actually, you know, what, before we get into North Brew, if everybody can please subscribe, like, share, review, etc. Well, they've already um, tuned us out by now, Paul. Nobody's yeah, listening right now. All right, bye everyone. <laughs> um, shout outs to North Brew Coffee. Go to northbrew.ca. Use the promo code podcast, and they're going to give you twenty percent off your coffee order. Twenty percent of that order also goes to the Ottawa homeless community. So uh, great coffee, great cause. Uh, that should be their tagline. I mean, it is at this point. I mean, anyone who's, who listens to the show, they probably assume that's their tagline. It's not. Um, <laughs> shout out to the agency. Shout out to referral mortgages, to tow rep. And uh, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the rest of the day, gentlemen. Bye, guys. Here's the video. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.